I can. Got it. 
Okay. Uh, and I'm going to just count in and, uh, and then just we, we can have a little talk. We'll do a show. Let's now, do a show. Oh, let's do a show. You, it gave me a Judy. It gave me What's a that? consent button. It gave me a consent button. Is that okay? Yeah. 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 Right. It got it. it. I didn't know. It got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. okay. All right. Uh, five, uh, five, four, three, two, one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time since I listened to these guys about, uh, oh, in the last age. Uh, since then, they have been the good cop, bad cup of left-wing broadcasters, ladies and gentlemen. Unless they're talking about New York Times columnist David Brooks, when it's safe to say that it's bad cop, edgy Mel Gibson, too old for this ship, psychotic, worst cop. <laughs> Uh, she is a uh, lovely Christian lady whose background includes a degree from Harvard University and working at, at the website Crooks and Liars, where her blog appears weekly. And then, of course, the mythical being known as Drift Glass, uh, an award-winning blogger, an activist who walks by night and haunts the minds of evildoers, righting wrongs and uh, teaching Sunday school in his spare time. Together, they are the dynamic duo of podcasting uh, and host the highly rated professional left podcast. They get much more listeners than I will ever get because uh, they're smarter. They are the cornfield resisted. Let's get the kids out of the pup tent, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome my extra special guest, direct from Springfield, Illinois, Drift Glass and Blue Gal! Yay! Hey! Hi! Hi, Bill! Hi! Hey, Who is the leader of the club that's great for you and me? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be you guys. E-R-I-F-T-Y. Yeah. <laughs> is, this the, is this the end of Full Metal Jacket version of that? <laughs> that is. That's kind of terrifying that you lead off with, you know, that's marching to our doom. But okay, that's great. You're I so feel that cool. way towards this entire decade, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just it's uh, awful. I was uh, listening to you as I, I have for years, and I, I'm sorry, my wife is. My wife passed away last year, mm -hmm. and she I'm was so one sorry. of your biggest fans, and uh, uh, she would have loved to have had the opportunity to talk to you because uh, we would we would tape your things and uh, not tape. What's the newfangled thing? I, I don't know. Uh, and we would tape them and we'd go on long Australian drives and we'd, we'd have you in the background. Oh. So you were, you were the soundtrack of our uh, long, long haul uh, drives through the Australian outback. Uh, I have a few questions. You ready? Yeah, you betcha. Okay. All right. Uh, look, one of the great things I love about the show uh, amongst the fact uh, is that uh, there's an obvious chemistry between you two. Uh, was it politics that brought you together? And when did you realize, and this is kind of a romantic thing. I, I'm oh. silly that way because love drips out of your podcast. Oh, thank you. No, I'm serious. It's one of the nicest things is, is listening to people. Do you ever sit in a, watching people that shouldn't be together and mm -hmm. you go, ah, you know, why yeah. am I here? This is awkward. Being with you is like two people who obviously should be together. Mm -hmm. uh, what uh, role did politics have in you guys uh, uh, getting together? Do, do you want me to, to tell the story, Drift Glass, or do you want to tell it? Well, I'll just, I'll tell the short version. You tell the slightly longer okay. version. Okay. All right. Which is, I, I wanted from the internet, the early blogosphere promise of the internet was, 
I get liquor, I get women, I get money. <laughs> and I got them all. <clears throat> so I'm done. I can just, I, I got everything I wanted off the internet and I can just sort of bag it now and I have everything I want. Dying um, into a happy man. <laughs> I, uh-huh. Well, and, and when he says money, he's not talking about, you know, Young Turks money. He's just no. talking about enough to pay the electric bill every month, yes. you know. That's, that's all it's, I have. It's enough. And we're what, happy. So, what's the yeah. story, by the way, with all these guys like uh, Pod Save America saying that they invented the friggin' uh, internet uh, waves thing there, Gag? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love them. I think, I think anyone who wants to podcast should podcast. <laughs> but I think anyone who wants to podcast should podcast, and I have nothing negative to say about anyone who hey, wants friend, you're to too nice. join the team. Screw them. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's no competition from from left of center to left, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, a lot of people pol- have made it very, very lucrative and spend a lot of their podcast time with advertisers and with, you know, marketers or agents or whatever. And I have never been that kind of person, never wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, I was on a another podcast one time that was like, you know, how to make your podcast successful beyond your wildest dreams so you can buy an island somewhere and retire. And that was this guy's whole thing was how do you become a millionaire doing this? And I said, I never <laughs> intend to do that. That's yeah. not my thing. I want to reach out to a community, have a have a commitment to those people to, to talk to them every week. I want it, it, it to express my values. And uh, I hope that people will appreciate it enough to send us, you know, five bucks a month or what we have the, what we call the gourmet coffee guideline, which is if you can afford it, support our show. If you can't afford it, this is our gift to you. But uh, getting back to our relationship. um, If I may interrupt. Yeah. That answers the question, how did I fall in love with this woman? Yeah, I know. I see. I mean, her values are great. She's an awesome mom. She's an awesome person. She's the love of my life. And she has this lovely voice. And, you know, what's not to love, for God's sake? No, no. I, <laughs> and, I, I had one, too. So uh, I, oh, I, yeah. I know what it's like. It's, I, yeah. I'm married so far above my, you know, weight class. You and Barack Obama married yeah, way no, above your, your yeah. pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't deserve any of this. I'm real. I deserve none of this. So this is all, <laughs> it's all gravy. Um, but, but I was married before both of us had, uh, were married to attorneys before this, I should yes, say. And, really? And they, they were unhappy marriages. Uh-huh. And uh, I got out of my unhappy marriage in 2008. Um, at the same time, um, I went up to Chicago uh to a Shakespeare sister meetup. And that's an old school blog that uh-huh. uh, Melissa has retired now, but um, she had a meetup at an Irish pub and I knew Driftglass was going to be there. And I was a huge fan of his writing. Great. Um, and we, yeah. in the, in our, in each other's comment threads would say things and flirt, but it was flirting. And I was getting divorced and had three kids and not at all, you know, that, that on the horizon of yeah. I'll ever get married again. And Driftglass always presented himself in his blog at that time as a lone wolf. And I figured, mm. oh, this guy is, you know, I'd love to meet him. He's a great writer. I'd love to meet him. But, you know, he's 
he's drift glass, you know. <laughs> so this is right. not going to be a romantic thing. He's this mythical, so, you know, yeah. that's hard. <laughs> well, and I, and I met this six-foot-eight guy. Blue Gal also had a, a, a salon that she ran at the time. I did. So, I had a salon that was just chat, no video. We didn't have, there was no such thing as streaming no. your camera from your house right. at that point. Yeah. But we, it was all typing and chat on Skype, I think, at that time, maybe. Mm. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, Back in the old days. Back, Back in the old yeah, times. And we, and we Back would, in the old we days. Just goof on each other and, yeah. and say things um, that were hilarious. But what <laughs> do you want me to tell them about the bath mat story? Oh, yeah. No. I have to tell you about the bath mat story. Oh, yeah. Now. Tell me. Tell I, me. <laughs> I, said, I made a joke about how. Um, That's if it. I We're ever done. Came to, <laughs> okay. He doesn't want to hear it. Okay. I'll, no, I'm I'll, kidding. I'll not say it. I'm kidding. Well, I said okay, something no, to the right. effect of, uh, and and this was before we had ever met. I said something to the effect of, "Well, if I ever come to Chicago Drift Bus, I'll just sleep on your bath mat." And he said, I'll, "I would find a much more accommodating place for you to sleep." Blue <laughs> gal. <laughs> and that's, that was that's kind sweet. of a shot across the bow there. <laughs> you know. Well, when you're dating, you have to you have to dangle those things out. You yeah, know. Yeah. Well, and it was just. I mean, he was quick and he was funny and, you know, it, yeah. it wasn't, again, I had never met him. So this was well, internet another, kind of flirting you around. In, you fell in love with each other's brains. Right. We did. We did first. And then, so I met this six foot eight, handsome, as far as I was concerned, uh, very smart, kind person uh, at the Shakespeare sister meetup and about, I would say 45 or 50 minutes into the meetup, I realized this guy is sitting right next to me and he's not leaving my side the whole evening. Just like he's glued to that chair next to me and there are other people to meet and so forth, but he's just like, oh no, he's planted himself right here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so then <laughs> uh, that was February of 2008. In May of 2008, I got divorced. I moved to Springfield, Illinois. Drift class was in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't, uh, you know, again, not planning yeah. on anything, right? And uh, Drifka said, I got to be in town. I got to come down to Springfield. Can I come and see you? I said, of course, of course, come on, you know. And we had a lovely time talking to one another. And Drifka said to me, um, Fran, I want you to know, I know you just got divorced. I know you're still setting up your house. I know this is like, you know, not the time to be making an offer to you in any way. But I want you to know, you don't know this maybe, but there are going to be men lined up around your house <laughs> wanting to take you out and wanting to be with you. And I would like to be first in line. <laughs> I, I'm, going and, to use, uh, I'm going to use that line if I ever Yeah, have a that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to be first in that line. So yeah. uh, please keep in touch. <laughs> you know, and, and I, that was really... Um, you know, very flattering. And I did like him a lot. You know, I really did. So, Oh, uh, I, I do too. I feel like, yeah, I, you he's know, just it's a nice person. So from then on, we were really talking on the phone a lot and, you know, and then we started in uh, 2010, mm -hmm. January of 2010, we started a podcast together and we had gone since that time, we did start dating and we did uh, wind up going to a lot of uh, meetups in Chicago um, with other bloggers, with other liberals, and two or three meetups in a row, 
um, people would say to us, you two should be on the radio together because the way you talk to one another is just dynamite. Chemistry. And, you know, I always have a rule that if some, if sometime the third time someone says something, then I have to take action. That's, that's whoever is somebody's trying to knock something into my head. Right. So I said, let's see what we can do with this online radio talking thing. And, you know, cause yeah. you're in Chicago, we can do it remotely. It's, it's audio. So it can be you. And we put together this very bare bones show. And I had done video blogs and I had done a little audio blogging and little audio editing. So it was very amateurish, but it was fun. And it was very much like starting blogging. We just kind of did it for goofs and to have, a product to put out. Yeah. 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 And, and also to, you know, vent the rage, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and we had just, um, you know, hadn't decided to get married or anything by that time. We were just podcasting. That didn't happen till over a year later that we sort of, went, you know, this is really I, I working out. <laughs> I love it. So. We were sitting on my futon in my, oh yeah, that's right. In Chicago, wondering what we shall call this podcast that we have done several of Robert Gibbs came on television and made mock of the professional left. It was, oh, thank you, <laughs> thank yeah, you yeah. so much. Well, I and really then we, we went that. right to our laptops and professionalleft.blogspot.com hadn't been taken yet. And ProLeftPod hadn't been taken. You know, no one had jumped on that. And we just thought, oh my gosh, we have to just start grabbing all of these, you know, brand... I'm not into branding, but I want my show to be what my show is called, you know? So yeah. mm-hmm. we yeah. grabbed all those Google accounts and, uh, and went, and, and there went. we went. Yeah. I find but the, we were just uh, the drift glass and blue gal podcast for about six months, I think yeah. before we became yeah. the professional left. Well, the summer. The professional the left term always made me smile because the left doesn't get paid. <laughs> That's right. There's no professional. Well, at all. And, and the, the seminar you attended about, um, the rules of blogging, how to make your blog profitable. Rule one is don't have your podcast in the middle of middle America. Right. That's it's just got to be in LA or New York. LA, right. LA, DC or New York are where yeah. you need to go. If you, cause we basically the entire middle of this country, this, this big, beautiful country of ours is completely off the radar of mm-hmm. what passes of for yeah. liberal yeah. podcast networking, the media, everybody. It's all flyover. Ex- except country. for presidential primaries, the media right. never comes here. Never comes to here. this part of the country. And and this is the this this is what always freaks me out a little bit or just makes me smile because I have a monopoly on this. So hey, why not? Yeah. This is my part of the country. This is the part of the world that my party and my liberal brothers and sisters want to draw from. Because they've already got New York and D.C. and L.A. That's all yeah, done. Yeah. They've got that locked down. But this is all contested territory. And we do things, you know, like we have this awesome governor. And we have a Democratic supermajority in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Plus, we have she a... talked about last time. Yeah, I, I heard yeah. it. And um, I'm buried, you know, Lincoln is buried a mile from our house. So we kind of have Republicans in our backyard. And it's weird that the one part of the country that all of these people want to colonize in their imagination, you know, the Ohio diner where mm-hmm. everyone talks about Trump. They don't ever actually want to come out here and listen to anything that liberals in the Midwest have to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that goes for the, um, the lovely people at Pod Save America. <laughs> it goes for 
it goes through all of those sort of large professional, you know, profitable enterprises. They, they just don't pay any attention to anything that's, you know, west you, of the Hudson River or east of Vegas. You do kind of get the, you know, when you analyze from a far away, which is what, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't live there now, right. uh, which is, uh, but you get this kind of time lapse uh, because I've gone back and for, for, uh, I got here in 1987 and I've traveled back and forth. So I get to see the gradual changes mm -hmm. and uh, the changes in the democratic party, which, uh, you know, the, the kind of uh, attitude that you're talking about, that metropolitan attitude mm -hmm. that um, so many conservatives or so many right-wing people got all bent out of shape about when they, uh, with Clinton, it wasn't so much mm -hmm. what he said. She right. she's part of that, you know, elite that, mm -hmm. uh, that evidently uh, thing. Uh, when you're, you live in places, I would probably die the minute I open my mouth. Uh, I, I, I just, how, two questions at a, how do you negotiate that and, and still have a community because you, you're very tightly with the, with the church there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you forgive everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Some oh. people you don't forgive. Oh, brother. Oh, how brother. do you deal with that, man? Because I, <laughs> I listen to you every week and I'm going, she's cracking. <laughs> He's cracking. I'm cracking. You need, come, you need to come to our Sunday school because um, um, I'm much more into the Old Testament retribution side <laughs> of the, than the New Testament, and and from a practical purpose, from a practical reason too. I mean that the whole idea of you know, let us all join hands, let's all forgive, let's all forget. We tried that. It was an mm -hmm. eight-year. I've, I've said this before on our podcast. We had yep. an eight-year lab experiment from the guy who announced his candidacy two miles from this house. Yeah, that's about right. What would, what would it be like if David Brooks's dream candidate were elected president of the United States as a Democrat and tried to, you know, pass Romney care to help people who oh, are was... screwed um, on their own for healthcare, not yeah. something, not what I want, not Medicare for all, not, a, not even a public option, but just something to help. We saw the Republican party do an eight year racist primal scream and elect the king of the birthers mm. so and and barack obama i remember vividly and i remember blogging about it went to baltimore um the seat of the wire and other great television series mm -hmm. to the republican retreat he crashed their retreat i forget this is nine or ten and but he never showed i mean he, the guys mm -hmm. but he showed and he's standing there with 154 Republicans and him and no notes saying, look, I'm begging you. We have yeah. to fix health care. If you have a better idea, tell me what it is. I will do it. You want me to name it after you, I will do it. But please, for God's sakes, let's work together. And they threw up one idea after another. He says, you know that won't work. You know that that's not going to do anything. And he did. He spent years begging them to please, I'll give you 90% of the playing field. Just meet me somewhere. And they screwed him. And so that's the oh, yeah. lesson I that's the lesson I took away from that, which was these people are irredeemable and they cannot be forgiven because they can't find it in their heart to admit they were ever wrong. They're not going to. Well, and, and the moderator of that 
retreat with right. Barack Obama was Mike Pence. Yeah. And all oh, Mike Pence Mike wanted Pence. to talk about was across the board tax cuts right. for family farms and yeah. small businesses. And, 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 and Paul <laughs> Ryan wanted to talk about like litigation reform. Right. You know, right, court reform. Right, like, right. Paul, you know that's not going to get anybody any health care. Explain Mike Pence. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm in a foreign country. Uh, it, it's like walking oatmeal. Uh, we, yeah. we, on the yeah. show, we used to call them Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, yeah. it, it's yeah. kind of like in the background. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, he started off as a radio talk show host. Yep. Uh, he still has those, that skill set. But his party, uh, you know, he always depended on the crazy base to mm. vote for the, the people that he agreed with in Washington and then shut up for four years. Yeah, right. that's right. And uh, their base got enough red meat from Fox News and hate radio mm. that they finally rose up and found a candidate in Donald Trump who was willing to call them out, willing to call out mm. uh, Jeb Bush, who was going to be the candidate. It was going to be Jeb or Marco Rubio. It's going to be yeah. some you know, right-wing Florida Rubio. Republican who's going to yeah. cut our taxes and uh, provide tort reform <laughs> as health care, you know. Yeah. And yeah. the base, after being ashamed of Bush and ashamed of Romney, and, and you know, Fox News really got caught in a lie over the Romney election yeah. because they said, oh, Romney's going to win in a landslide, we promise you. And it, the lie and the truth were only three days apart. And people were wise enough to realize, oh, they just lied to us. That was this week. You know, it wasn't a long-term lie. Yeah. So uh, distrust, even in Fox News. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we, we gave you that up guy. out of that. Yeah, thanks we, for we that. We gave you that guy. I, I'm thanks. so, well. you know, he's evil. <laughs> yeah. He just well, really is. He's just, yeah. uh, on, on the show uh, that we do, I, I have a jihad against the guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, because I, I think that he is pure evil yeah. mm -hmm. and, and he's the guy who's, you know, uh, you know, I did this, uh, thing on Lee Atwater, um, early on and how the, the changes of the Republican party. And then, you know, you, you read, uh, um, the, you know, uh, the bridge, the, uh, the one on Reagan, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you know who I'm talking about? Rick uh, Rusty, yeah. Rick yeah. 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 And you to look at that progression of crazy yeah and yeah. you said on the last broadcast you know that that they've always been crazy yeah mm -hmm. and i uh, yeah i mean i remember going to the equal rights amendment and and you know running into these john birchers oh yeah yeah but they yeah. were kind of like in massachusetts you know you, you know blue gal because you mm -hmm. were you were in massachusetts our version of a republican is like a communist right and right. where you live you know? yeah well, and, and, and I have to say that here in Springfield, it being the state capital, um, Republicans are a little bit neutered because there is a Democratic social uh, supermajority here, um, and there's no recall like there is in California. You can't uh, yeah, do shenanigans good. like that. So if you're a, a downstate Republican legislator and you want to bring any bacon home to your district, yeah. you got to play nice. Yeah, good. And so that we've just passed a tremendous green energy bill, which which has a lot of things to work out. But 
they got all of the people to the table and everybody got something that they wanted and had to give up something that they didn't want. And it's going to transform the state. We're going to have, mm. you know, 90% electric cars here by 2040. So, wow. um, and we that, have a, a company in normal Illinois that's going to build them and the fleet, the state fleet is going to be electric. And mm. there's, you know, there are things there that are just, amazing that got done and took three years to write this bill <laughs> you know but you got done republicans and republicans came to the table and said no you know my district has a coal plant we're going to have to transition here this is what's you know we can't mm. just do this overnight and that's true you can't just do it overnight mm. there's still some concerns about reliability of the grid and so forth and that's nationwide but now if you're huge if you're progress being made if you're a republican in, in downstate illinois in our county, mm-hmm. Sangamon County, and you want to raise money, you bring in Candace Owens. Yeah. You yeah. A, a stone cold lunatic like Candace. Mm-hmm. You pay mm-hmm. her, you pay her <laughs> to come to your rally and whip up the meatheads who will throw money at you because you brought in. And before her, it was Corey Lewandowski the year before. Before mm-hmm. that, it was Owens. Ah. Oh. Oh, he's so from Lowell. Oh, he's- yeah. He's from Lowell, Massachusetts. I know that because he used to be a state cop there. And I know the state cops in Lowell. They're dicks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he, he's risen as high as a dick is going to rise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yep. I, when he said he was a Lowell cop, I went, I remember you bastards. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, it's, yeah. It, you get, the bully in school, you give the uniform to. And racist. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. And that's yeah. The, the, the Republicans are, man, they're bullies left to right and center. You just look yep. at them. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, something I wanted to do with you. I'm going to uh, uh, give, you, give you some words. Uh, and, yeah, some words. <laughs> and I'm going to throw them at you. And I, I just want you to give your gut reaction to them. Here they are. Number one, Scott Morrison. I have no reaction to Scott Morrison. That's our prime minister. <laughs> no reaction whatsoever. You know, you know, the other day when we got our subs, uh, they yeah. had the news. They had the news conference, and Biden said, "I'd like to thank uh, that uh, fella down under." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scott Morrison. He's real memorable here. Now, well, are, Morris- are we? Do we owe you an apology about these subs? Because we had we've had a lot of fun pissing off the French over this. Sure, you know our oldest ally. Well, that's the that's the thing about you know the the media there. You know, is yeah. that uh, it's like it comes out here, like especially if something starts here, because then I know it because I read the local papers and we mm-hmm. we have military things here, so you're closer to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the French <laughs> didn't mention the fact that their contract was uh, fifty billion uh, over over budget. We mm-hmm. had been waiting. Uh, we were supposed to get the subs in twenty thirty. Now it's going to be twenty fifty. Mm-hmm. The the French had been diddling us around because they could for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My view toward the subs is, I'm not crazy about it, but. Everybody knows we're the 51st state down here. Mm-hmm. And if the, the Chinese are, you know, not the people, they're great. Uh, the mm-hmm. government are fascists. And right. people in right. America think they understand that. They mm-hmm. don't have any idea what fat, I can't get my, you know, coffee. It's fascism. You know, and, and, but, yeah. you know yeah. 
Did, I saw the Hong Kong stuff, and I know people have done business over there. They just disappear you. It's yes, gone. right. That's right. And and uh, I'd rather be with my close friends over here. See, America gets uh, a lot of crap because no other country gets the scrutiny that America gets. You guys, mm-hmm. you, know, you guys. Uh, well, I say you guys. My my home airs its laundry in public. Yeah. Whereas China, you yeah. know, half the population could go missing tomorrow and you wouldn't even know. Yeah, well, and right. There's a, a podcaster, uh, an all around nice guy named Hal Sparks in this country <clears throat> who does um, who does a great number of things, including broadcast from Chicago occasionally, which we appreciate. He's been on our podcast a few times mm. and he's traveled to China a lot. He, he's shot programs there. He has a band. He's visited. He speaks. Um, I know he speaks Mandarin. Mandarin I think, yeah. And, he's working, and he actually travels the country. And he, he comes back and says, I swear to you, there are not 1.7 billion people in that country. There are mm. 600 million tops. Because you go to the big cities and there are just not that many people. I don't know where they are. I don't know what the lies are. Mm. But his theory is there's just no way that there's that many people. That's why you have all these empty cities. Cities built, you know, mm-hmm. One they can another. build anything, he says. But, yeah, but they're yeah. empty because there's n- not enough people to fill them. It's it's to keep the illusion alive, um, and that might be crazy talk. That might be liberal crazy talk. But there, it, it is astonishing um, about the assumptions we make about what we know when we have no idea how how the world really works in ninety percent of the globe. Yeah. And the and only that, exposure beyond your show to Australian culture that we have is occasionally we're able to watch Have You Been Paying Attention? <laughs> really? And we love that show. show. We need awesome. that show in this country. It's, it's a we great do. show. You know, it's I mean, a great show. We you can't guys, get it. But you regularly. guys got to come down. That's all there is to it. You know, you got to make those big bucks. Yeah. And, <laughs> and fly to Australia. If yes. you come to Australia, I'll look after you. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. Well, I have a small problem in that I'm six eight. Yeah, he's six eight. I don't fold up real good in an aircraft. Um, my my and I'm as, I'm almost as wide as he is tall. So well, I'm we tall have and wide. A challenge so flying. <laughs> I spent half my love life with my knees up my nose. Yeah. Uh, and uh, six eight. My God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I I um. I, I, I did a lot of traveling when I was a little kid. My family traveled all over the world as teachers and principals, and I enjoyed it. But man, the, the thought of a four-hour plane ride to Denver mm. is yeah. just because my knees are going to be up to here, mm. and my mm. lower half is going to be numb unless I can dive in and get one of the you know three seats that have leg room. So um, I love you have to traveling. Fly first by- class, drift class. That's the sure. that's we have to fly you know first Clearly, class that's, the whole way. Yeah, that's the case. <laughs> oh, it's very nice. I remember yes, when I when I was actually acting, I got a few commercials. Uh, you know, I did Shakespeare. No one cared. I I, I did a suntan oil ad, and I I, I was in first class. Wow! And yeah, yeah. I, it was like it's like Les Miserables, man. You know, I, I well, you've I think, got the golden pipes just like Drift Blast does. You, you so, can do it. You can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I want to just ask you from the standpoint of uh, Australia. I don't want to take over your show, but no, 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 please. You think? Please. Do you think? Do we owe you an apology for the sub situation? Because we we feel no, no, like I, I I don't think 
you know, I, I don't know. No, I, I, I don't think. Listen, we have been ever since Gough Whitlam was deposed by the CIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have, uh, you know, Gough Whitlam. Have you ever heard his name? Tell us that story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, there was our labor prime minister, which was uh, kind of uh, uh, Australia's FDR. Mm-hmm. And he came in and uh, did something strange. Uh, he gave everybody national health insurance and he made education free. No, no, no. no. Uh, no. And, and uh, he's a god here. Mm-hmm. Like in Canada, of course, the person who gave, uh, you know, uh, public uh, medical care in Canada mm-hmm. is worshipped like a god. Once you mm-hmm. get it in, no one will touch it. Right. And I was very much, uh, so Gough Whitlam is uh, uh, our, really our, and he was more or less deposed by um, a, the uh, CIA had inf- infiltrated the union movement. Mm. here and caused uh, a bit of a ruckus and and the Whitlam government was uh you know they did so many things so quickly that there were mm-hmm. incredible problems in instituting them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you look at the changes that he made um i goff is uh you know that that is the labor party then of course the labor party moved more to the right but um yeah, we've always been America's best friend here. And I don't mind that because we got China at our back door. We got Indonesia right, right over there. And the, by the way, East Timor and what the Indonesian armies did did over there was nothing short of genocide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we got a lot of bad actors that are right over next door. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're just, you know, frying our sausages and, you know, having beers. And we'd mm-hmm. like to continue. Uh, mm-hmm. with, without basically, um, you know, that. So you get, a, and now it's getting hot down here because, I mean, usually mm-hmm. you're in the corner of the room that no one's paying attention to. Right, right. And right. there's an advantage and, to that. Yeah, there is. Yeah. But, um, but I will tell you that Biden, every time I hear Biden talking about your part of the world, I hear a guy who has sat in on, you know, classified briefing about China for yeah. 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and takes it takes your part of the world extremely seriously. Oh, and well, that that's the first president I've seen talk that way. Thank God, and because yeah. I mean, while while you know uh, Chuckles the clown was in charge, uh, you had all the bad actors acting out at once. Well, yeah. and the, his number one concern was that his daughter get as many patents out of China as she could. Yeah, I was concerned about that. Yeah, we all did. I lost a lot of sleep over that. So, I can't sleep. How's she doing? (laughs) All right. uh, Well, she's disappeared. I'll tell you. Really? Her husband. I'm so sad. Absolutely evaporated from the public scene because they don't want to get indicted. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I love these people when the uh, the the, when the fit shits the hand. Mm -hmm. uh, Who stays? And none of them. Yeah. Right. It's just rats. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they even there's no there's no even loyalty among, you know, you would have some respect if any of these people showed any personal loyalty to anything other than a dollar or, you know, that, right. but they don't. And that's where you guys come from. You, you especially Driftglass, you see, Fran, you're very nice. And I, <laughs> I see you forgiving people. 
Uh, I listened to Drift Class and I go, he, you know what John Wayne said in True Grit, he reminds me of me. And when Chris was alive, she was my nice part. You know, she was the one that balanced me out, you know, and said, don't get upset. It's okay. It's not okay. Uh, you know, so, uh, but I, but I look at them as they're just awful people. They're just, I, I would rather, you know, put needles in my eyes and spend an hour with them. And that's why yeah. if I if I went over there and I sat in a bar and I listened to somebody, I, I they'd kill me. I, I, I'd say something smart ass and look at me. Well, we have a rule in our marriage that only one of us is allowed to be a, a either suicidal or homicidal maniac at one time. That was one of the, the other one has to calm the other one down. That was one of the questions I really want to say. How do you deal with um, because when it, when I lost my wife, I think a lot of the rage that I had went into the show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. what, yeah, it, it, it was a good place to vent. And even through the worst of it, I kept doing the show. Even when mm -hmm. I wasn't at That's work, good. I kept yeah. doing the show. Um, it's, I said facetiously that, you know, it can depress, depress you. But when you read things like climate change reports and, um, yeah. and stuff, how do you, how do you deal with that? I, I, I found it sometimes that I can't do a show. I, I just look at it mm -hmm. and I just go, I'm going to cry. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, if we can't pull together to put masks on our face, how the fuck are we going to deal with climate change? Yep. You know, yep. smoke them if you got them, pal. I, I well, see... we've, got, we've got Congress people who own stock in coal companies and... Uh, yeah, you know, but how contemptible is that? It was released that? today that Joe Manchin makes half a million dollars a year off of the coal industry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just made him mad. <laughs> I said that name. <laughs> See, since we're throwing words around Joe Manchin here. How, Joe how Manchin. That? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, do I look there, like a joke to you? Do I? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> That's the meeting I want him to have yeah. with Joe Manchin. Yeah. I'm take Baseball. This pen, right. <laughs> Am I Sorry, a clown? Do, you, do I make you laugh? Am I a clown? Yes. <laughs> um, well, there's there are actually different answers to that question from our our point of view, from a very personal point of view. The first is we have a community of people who listen to us every week and yep. who who really do care about us and we care about them and we 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 promise not to miss a week if at all possible. I think we've done 617 or something shows. We missed one. And that was, and a, re, a listener had put together a sort of a best of clip for us. So we were able to do that, but we've, we've gone through weddings and funerals and births of children and honeymoons and never missed a show because we have a community that, that, that keeps us up and who are a lot of them are, are little blue dots in red States. Yeah. And they don't have all a massive liberal infrastructure around them so they can go down the block and get reassurance or everyone around them thinks like them or like um, in Chicago, Devon Avenue, which is, you know, the, the, the UN of Chicago, just one neighborhood after another of totally diverse people living in harmony side by side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing. And the other thing is, honestly, you know, I don't want to go all churchy on you, but the Methodist thing about do what you can, where you can, as you can. You know, mm -hmm. don't, don't say the problems of the world are entirely your problem. I don't say give them to God because I don't believe that, mm -hmm. but 
do what you can where you can to your do best all the ability. good you can do all the good you yeah, can. do all the good you can and and that's as much as you can ask of anybody <laughs> and so if you're doing what you can like i i delivered um my wife did postcards to voters at seven o'clock this morning and i dropped them off at the post office because that's the division of labor she does all the hard work i do all the easy <laughs> shit. you drink and, scotch yeah exactly yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but it's it really is there's there's work to be done in front of you somewhere and if you're despairing find something to do you know we do we say chop wood and carry water we really mean mm -hmm. that and that that mm -hmm. is from chop you know before enlightenment chop wood carry water after enlightenment chop wood carry water there's stuff to be done every day and you just do it mm. and if i'm feeling i'm a, a naturally depressed person you know, i'm a writer hi I'm, nice I'm an, to see I, you. I'm, I'm an i'm an irish heritage writer so i'm I on have, so much you know, medication it's a miracle i'm standing up okay oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. the, the, the black dog lives at my door Oh no yeah. no no! Yeah, it's no no. <laughs> right here. <laughs> but no, <laughs> I I um I have a beautiful family, lovely stepchildren, and I I try really hard to remind myself of how obscenely good I have it compared yeah. to what I deserve yeah. to have, yeah. and compared to ninety nine percent of the rest of the world. Yes, and you know. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, be depressed sometimes, but we do have an agreement that one of us can be crazy at a time. That's it. And the other one will yeah. be, you know, or hopeless or upset or whatever. Yeah. Right. Whatever. That Fran, when, when you cry, I get really upset when, the, when those bad people make you sad. And, and I'll tell you, and I cried today because our, our governor has expanded uh, heating assistance to the yeah. entire state. And, and I was on heating assistance in 2008. How, my how, kids wouldn't have had shoes that winter if we hadn't oh my had God. eating. How are you guys going? Are you, you got the medical bills cleared up? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. I had quite a summer. I had two root canals and a heart uh, ultrasound this summer. And my, our listeners raised $4,000 for us in 10 days mm -hmm. to pay those medical bills. So God bless yeah. them. A lot of love. But yep. the idea that you guys uh, have that medical system. Uh, it's, it, insane. it's insane. And that's with insurance. The, I, I mean, it's, that's it's, with insurance is just the amazing part of it. Friend of mine. And, went, yeah. yeah. You no, know, you go ahead, friend. I'm, I'm talking. Oh, I just want today. Uh, the New York Times had an article about and I, and I have very mixed feelings about it. Uh, insurers are no longer uh, doing uh, stopping the cost sharing for COVID treatment. So uh, last year, when there was no immunization available, uh, a lot of insurers pitched in and said, oh, we're not going to charge if you're being treated for uh, COVID. We mm -hmm. want to encourage you to get treatment, get tested, get treatment. So we're going to waive all copays and deductibles. Yeah. And, you know, copays and deductibles can be $8,000 in some plans here. You know, mm -hmm. just a lot of money. And uh, now that there's a vaccine... And if you're hospitalized, the 99% chance that you decide not to get the vaccine, they're not going to waive those copays or deductibles. So you've got a choice in America of get a free vaccine, which in many cases, the pharmacy gives you a gift card for coming in to get mm -hmm. that shot. So you're getting paid to do it. In some or cases, you get entered into a gun wheel, lottery, you know, right. free donuts, you know, beer, spin whatever. The wheel. Your yeah. other option is spin the wheel and you wind up hospitalized and taxing our, you know, ICU beds. 
isn't it, isn't there a part of you that's sitting there going, you know, uh, all right, have at it, Haas. Well, I'll tell you, we were accused of that. This is the amazing thing, and I want Driftblast to talk about this too. Apparently, we liberals have secret powers that are beyond human. But we why do. haven't you uh, used them? The, the, <laughs> we are. Uh, there was an op-ed at Breitbart today saying that this is a liberal plot to demand that we get vaccinated so that we won't get vaccinated and, and the left will kill Trumpers off using reverse psychology. And this is the argument they're making. And, and you want to talk about David Frum and our secret liberal power we have? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, my radar for certain things is pretty, pretty good. So a couple of days ago, David Frum, who, with whom you might be familiar. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. I figured you were, yeah, um, yeah. because he he is a you know George Bush speechwriter, and he works for the Atlantic, and he has a very well comfortable life being a former Republican. Yeah, and he's from his position in the Atlantic. At the Atlantic, he wrote a what appeared to me to be a five hundred thousand word essay on <laughs> basically what ne- what we on the left owe the Never Trumpers, <laughs> what we should do for them. Because you don't understand how hard it is to leave the fascist movement. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it is, and you had to read down seventeen hundred paragraphs to find where he goes full tone police, which is, you know, there's a lot of abrasive assholes on the left, and there's a guy I know named Marty, and he took it very personally, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to vote Democratic this time because he heard somebody on Fox News say something about something, and some liberal said something, and you all need to stop being so mean to. Republicans, if you want us to join your fucking party, pardon my language. And no. my answer was, I didn't realize that we on the left, because he's talking about bloggers, because nobody else talks this way. Yeah, you certainly mm-hmm. can't insult Republicans on the news. So we liberal bloggers, the five of us who are left, um, have apparently like Thanos-like powers where we can snap <laughs> our fingers and make the entire Republican Party just rush into the arms of, of Greg, or Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis, destroy the Biden administration, and doom us to a thousand years of fascist dark ages. I didn't realize I had that kind of power. So yeah. now that I do know that, I've got some demands to make. <laughs> but this, his thesis was, you know, hey, I, I, I watched my party. I, I, my job was to be smart about politics. And I never noticed my party was a fascist dung heap until five minutes ago and then they kicked me out who so brought these nazis is, in yeah. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> well nazis not yeah there's a there's a skinhead on your on your right and there's a <laughs> nazi on your left and a clansman in the back of you maybe you're on the wrong bus david nope nope because because he was doing fine and all these never trumpers are this way it's like we never knew what was going on well shit man i'm a liberal blogger from illinois i knew what was going on how do you still have a job having opinions about politics? Number one. Number two, how do you get off telling me how to run my freaking party? You mm. don't know jack about anything. You were shocked to discover there are Republicans in the Republican Party. Mm. And now you have a job at The Atlantic and you have a job at, at USA Today and you have a job at The New York Times telling me that I need to mind my manners because I might make Republicans who are a notoriously sensitive and, and prone to civil discourse um, to mind my manners. Like, dude, I've listened to Rush Limbaugh 
vomiting out of radio speakers mm-hmm. for, for 30 years. effing years, yeah. for decades. I, yeah. I, I watched Newt Gingrich teach your party mm-hmm. to dump on people like me to get elected. How dare you tell me that mm-hmm. you're, you're shocked by, by rude and coarse language? Shut up, David Frum. But David Frum has a nice perch from which to say these things. And but I think this got. is a larger trend, Jeff Glass, because it's everyone from the the old guy on the Andy Griffith bus right. who's touring Mayberry and right. pretends, and, and in his mind, January 6th, the insurrection was all Antifa and Black Lives Matter people. Oh, you know, it was staged. It was staged. And then all the way up to David Frum. And today, Fox News, uh, Fox and Friends, was uh, blaming the media for covering the January 6th rally, which was this past weekend, where 100 people showed up to defend the political prisoners who are in jail for tearing down the Capitol. It's like Mandela, isn't it? It really is. It really is. (laughs) Shocking. I was thinking the same thing. and my favorite, because I have a whole, I have a whole, fifty-two playing card versions of this stuff. But my favorite yeah, one is, yeah. is the Bulwark, which is basically the Weekly Standard. Yeah, they just picked up and moved over here, and now they're this other thing. But it's Bill Crystal, and it's all the same people. Um, Charlie Sykes blaming liberals for Donald Trump taking over their party because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we did it. Yeah. We did it. Mm-hmm. We we called them racist for so long that they became racist. We, oh, we, yeah, see, that's it. it. Yeah, and, and then he surprise to Barack and Michelle Obama. I was shocked. And, and this is, yeah, I know. That's when they went crazy. You know, yeah, that's yeah. when they went. He was so, Obama was divisive. That's the problem. Was. Yeah, because of the pigmentation of his skin. It, it, but no, I saw them go crazy. Yeah. And they said, no, it's not because of these black. Of course, it's because he's black. Yeah. yeah. Makes you crazy. Having, they're having a real hard time reconciling this because there's one guy, like Stuart Stevens, who says this all started in the Goldwater administration. I yeah. was there. I saw it. it, it my party is a racist party. I, I thought it was, you know, something we had under control. It wasn't. I was wrong. I was wrong. And there's no way to reconcile that, that history, which I agree with, with the never Trump history that everything began in 2016. Nothing before that matters. And it's liberals who cried wolf that made us numb to the fact the Republican Party was becoming crazy so that we didn't watch more carefully. This is from a guy who spent 30 years on right-wing radio as a right-wing radio asshole in Wisconsin saying it's liberals' fault. They did it. And and he is solely the reason that Wisconsin does not have high-speed rail. He, him solely, himself, is responsible for that. Which wouldn't trouble me so much, but yeah. every day I can see him on MSNBC occupying yeah. a seat. For a his policies, his policies. And he tasks me. He tasks yeah. me. Yeah. me. <laughs> I shall have him. I shall have him. <laughs> Round the rings of the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's we another thing. Whole- I got to say, uh, I, I worked at the science fiction bookstore when I was young. Oh. And your science fiction jonesing uh, uh, is is fabulous for me. I, I just li- literally, uh, if she hadn't married you, I, I probably would have. Um, well, what was your bookstore called, by the way? Uh, the science fiction bookstore, Baird Searles was in charge. Okay. Uh, and he was uh, with an, uh, uh, another guy. And uh, I, I copped a look. And that's when I started reading Harlan Ellison and uh, yep. fell in love. Ours you know. was... Um... Ours was called The Stars Our Destination. 
And it was yeah. on, I forget which cross street in Chicago it was, but you walk in, you can just inhale, you know, and yeah. um, a very dear friend of mine named Phyllis Eisenstein, um, who is the woman who gave George R.R. R. Martin the idea to put dragons in his book. If you read the first wow. book, uh, it says to Phyllis, who told me to put in dragons. That was my friend and mentor and science fiction teacher. She has the most astonishing collection of science fiction books in her home, which I helped her sort. And her husband collects science fiction cover art from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and has like a thousand of these things in their basement. So I... <laughs> I yeah, and you, you haven't worked out how to get into her will yet. No, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> real hard. Just a lot of compliments. You look great. How are yeah. you? Have you lost weight? Fabulous. Um, <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I, I just had a, a, a few more things. I, I'm a, I, do I have time or do you guys yeah. gotta go? Okay, oh, go. Yeah, we're good. just cut me off because I'll, I'll chat forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, when that happens, I'll know. Uh, <laughs> I was a big Bernie Sanders fan and there, there was a, kind of a reason which you guys consider left isn't really left. Mm -hmm. Because- standards, yeah. By world standards, the the uh, the Democratic Party is advocating stuff that conservative parties in other countries right yep. absolutely actually right. have. Mm -hmm. Yep, and uh, right. things like socialized medicine, stuff like that. Now, Bernie would be uh, probably a middle of the road guy here. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. So, yep. uh, I, and I love him. I, I loved him before he ran for president. I love the fact that he had the courage and the convictions to stand up against the Bush tax cuts. He's and like, now he's the Senate budget chairman. I know. <laughs> and that's why this man mansion thing is. Oh, oh infuriating. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Who is this guy? And, and, and basically, seriously, I, you know, to have one person get in the way of saving the planet because if America doesn't do this, we're fucked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're down here, literally, uh, I'm, I live in the woods here. So I got, I got that up the hill the other day uh, during the last fires a place called Healesville exploded, just mm -hmm. wiped off the map. Mm -hmm. We have it every year. It's mm -hmm. not a, a kind of like, and we got it first down here. I remember two decades yeah. ago, children had to wear hats to school. It stopped at the top the of my street. ozone was gone. Yeah. And I'm thinking of selling the, the family place, not only because I'm, you know, getting older and uh, a lot of memories around here, mm -hmm. but also to, um, you know, just to, to get out of here because mm -hmm. uh, it's so mm -hmm. incredible. And, and, and then I look at what's, what he's trying to do, which is I'm so impressed by. And people like him here. Mm -hmm. We were mm -hmm. we were so relieved because, and I heard an American say, "Why you do a show? You know, yeah, it's nothing to do with you." Yeah, well, what you guys do affects us. Yeah, mm -hmm. every day, and we don't get a vote. You know, yeah. and, and you guys, you know, put this this drunk driver in charge, and we're in the back seat. You got to get the keys off him. <laughs> you know, you're, you're chained up in the back seat. You cannot leave. Yeah. No, right, right. No. no, and and so this mansion thing uh, and the 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 climate change stuff has great importance to us because the only people are going to get China and Russia and all those well Russia it, it is America. Right. Australia can't do it. And we've got our own, you know, fascist idiots right. over here. Right. 
Um, so, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Well, and and what we we have talked about several times here is that we've got to demansion the Senate, and mm-hmm. that means electing more Democrats to the Senate. And we we have a very good map this year. In yeah. 2022, Democrats in the, for the Senate have a good map. There are enough people leaving. There's opportunities in Pennsylvania and other states to really flip some seats of people retiring. About, what do you think about Congress? Well, you know, midterm are uh, an issue in terms of flipping. And I, I don't look forward to two years of talking about Hunter Biden's laptop, but that may be the case. Um, the House is... Fingers crossed. One, one thing that came out today is that the judge in New York City who is determining the calendar for the Trump Organization uh, tax fraud case, it will be tried next summer. So we're going to have a summer of Trump on trial right. uh, leading up to the November midterms, which I'll is belie- really awesome. I'll believe it when <laughs> I see it. Yeah. You, know, you, you know, I I agree with you. I agree with you, but uh, I look at it as a ray of hope. And and you know the the recall in California, uh, I think, was much better news for Democrats than the media wants to let let on. The media didn't. You know, I t- the media, by the way, is totally in the pocket for conservative interests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. MSNBC yeah. is not the. They're not your friend. No, they're not, they're your, not friend. your friend. As I say on the show, I, you know, I because I hate my own head. I watched uh, Morning Joe. Oh, <laughs> I can't don't do it. Do it. <laughs> don't do it I man. stopped about five years ago. Yeah, I I sat there and did ten minutes on the show of Mika Brzezinski actually having the balls to get up and throw shade on on Joe Biden from withdrawing from Afghanistan when his father uh-huh. was the one who started it. <laughs> you know, right, it's like right, right. Yep. And just ignoring that fact. And I'm yeah. an idiot. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm just a yeah. school teacher in Upway. You know, I, I, yeah, I right. know this shit. Right. <laughs> but we know who your daddy is, Mika. <laughs> oh. Well, and I, I used to do, um, every week I would do uh, a Sunday morning breakdown. That Sunday morning coming down was my, my, yeah. my, my blog. Every week I would watch all the Sunday shows. I, I would take them apart. And I just, I can't do it anymore. And I, it's not that I don't have the energy. It's just nothing changes. Nothing changes. No. They are absolutely, and, and you can throw as many good people as you want into the pot, but they are going to, watching Rachel Maddow, who's mm-hmm. it's, it's an adorable person. And, I like and, Rachel. Many good traits. Um, X number of years ago, go on a Jeremiah about Bill Crystal, that the, the wrongest man in politics. There's nobody more wrong than Bill Crystal. I agree with that 100%. What this and she can't swear on the air, so that limits her vocabulary somewhat. But just going on a long tear about what the hell is this guy doing with a job? My God, this guy's the worst embarrassment. Jump forward a few years. Bill Crystal is now a paid MSNBC contributor. And you don't hear a single freaking word from anybody about what an asshole and how utterly wrong Bill Crystal is. Because now he's been rehabilitated. Now he's a member of the resistance. Now he's the good guy. <laughs> And I just watched this with go, oh shit, they can they can take Rachel Maddow. Yeah. And whatever I I my theory is they put a tiny explosive device at the back of this. <laughs> and and unless you say both sides do it five times every show, yeah. boom, off your head goes. And that they have um, Melissa Harris Perry's resume on a pike 
in the <laughs> cafeteria as a warning to anyone who crosses management and tries to do their, their show their way. Yeah. Well, um, you, you kid about that, Driftless, but in all seriousness, they have staff meetings where you are told what a privilege it is to be here. Yes. It is such a privilege to be on cable news and to be serving the American people, blah, 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 blah. And the way we serve the American people is <laughs> both sides. Yeah. Both sides are equally, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Seen gestures right now, people. You're, you're up my alley. You've heard my show. Come on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're not recording this, are you? Because, man, that yeah. would be <laughs> No, I'm not. Everything, uh, everything's fine. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Phil, yeah. Well, and you're right about Bernie. And, and we, I mean, our household was um, I know. a Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren household. Mm-hmm. And it is, and we really do feel the stress sometimes because there are people who are, I mean, I voted for John Anderson my first election. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And <laughs> because I was a young and stupid. And it was Jimmy Carter was not pure enough for me and Reagan was insane. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just gonna throw my vote over here. Because, you know, yeah. I, I'm too principled for this. And I want to stay that kind of principled person until, you know, they, they wheel me off. But by the same token, there are people who are coming into politics going, why can't we have everything happen right now? And mm-hmm. I'm like, because there are lots of things that are set up to prevent that from happening mm-hmm. and saying it should happen and it must happen doesn't do anything. And, and if, yeah. yeah. If it I goes back to what your bus said about do all the good you can. Right. That, if yeah. I could, and that, that could, requires pragmatism that is painful. It's painful. It's, it's painful to have to be pragmatic when and, you and, want what you want is a good thing for, for poor people. I, I remember coming home from debate in high school and crying to my mother because this, the topic was scarce world resources. Mm-hmm. And I was crying because OPEC was making, as I recall, $115,000 a second. And people were starving. Mm-hmm. And I want to know how that could possibly be true. How can one group of people be making all the money? Mm-hmm. And 20 feet away, there are people who are starving and dying. Yeah. And she didn't have an answer for me other than, you know, the world's a big, complicated place. And everyone is trying to do their best. And maybe you can fix it when you grow up. Or you can, you can help participate in fixing it. And it is heartbreaking to me to tell people who, who, are, who use the word should every other word. Mm-hmm. Of course, there should be voting rights everywhere. Of course, we should have universal health care. Of course, well, why don't we? Well, see, it all started in 1821. Yeah. And, and I remember, and I said, now, now I know you want to burn the system down. I know you do. Of course you do. Because the system is screwing you. Imagine you're a black American. The system is screwing you for 400 years. So mm. got it. But here's the thing. When you create that power vacuum, that chaotic power vacuum, when you throw all of your support to a third party or a fourth or a fifth, we do not have a parliamentary system here. If one party of these two is going to win. Chicken or fish. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's, you know, chicken or broken glass and gasoline. (laughs) Right. The chicken chicken is probably bad, but it's better than broken glass. And it's hard to tell that to people and have them stay engaged and passionate. It's like a, it's a long road, man. I had that problem on social media because, I mean, I, I, a, you know, you're a foreigner. Well, no, I'm still a citizen. But also, I supported Bernie Sanders. And then uh, when Bernie didn't, when, when he, he lost the big election, the Carolina election. Mm-hmm. And then I just came to the conclusion, really, he, he, America's not ready for it. 
Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. And I got shredded. <laughs> you traitor. You know, yeah, like, oh, yeah, you don't yeah. really, you know, you're just a, you're, you're in the pocket for the man. And I'm sitting there going, you know, there is what's possible and what's not possible. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you listen to somebody like Jimmy Dore, who I use, I, I think he's funny. He's funny. He is funny. As Bernie Sanders calls, I was weeping. They yeah, did, he yeah. did one about, why didn't I, why didn't I get a bomb in the mail? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, a pica? Who do they give a, who do they give a bomb to? <laughs> Jesus, might as well give one to Casper Weinberger. Um, <laughs> but you know, Jimmy Dore's on, on Tucker Carlson now. I can't, anyone who goes on RT mm -hmm. loses any credibility. Yeah. Sorry, man. You, yep. you know, it's but just... he's also got a $7 million house in California. So, you know, he's... Does he really? He's doing well for himself. So. Well, I worry about him. So, you know... Yeah, I do too. It's nice. nice. I, I am so happy to have had a chance to uh, 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 talk to you. I'm winding this up because I'm getting the sense that, you know, that you guys have other things to do with your life. Well, it's, ni it's nighttime here. So It is. You need your sleep. We're 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 ready for to end the day, but I, we have to do this again. This was very fun for us. I had such a great time. I wish I was uh, a, I wish I was in a, a situation where I could actually meet you. And I actually considered that once, so that when I was flying over, that I would actually make a stop in in, in Illinois. You're always welcome. I don't know anyone in Illinois. Now I do. <laughs> well, you, you know do. us. You now do. you do. And, and by the way. Um, you know, I'm a personal friend of Barack Obama. So, uh, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. Well, you did you sit at a table with him, didn't you? I, well, yeah. no, I, I was um, on the board of a group called the Independent Voters of Illinois Independent Precinct Organizations in Chicago. And we were vetting candidates. We're, we're, we were the crazy liberal group that vetted candidates in, in Illinois. And uh, nobody, nobody took, the, the, the ballots were really long. We're the people that would stick the sample ballot inside of the reader. And, and everybody voted top of the ticket that we were going to, but the, all the weird jobs like Streets and Sand and mm -hmm. Water Reclamation District, we would get right. those candidates you know, bumped up. So and people, people had to sort of pay a little bit of homage to us. So this young up and coming state senator who's running for Congress came to be vetted by us and we grilled his ass. And we said, I like this guy. This guy's going places. And that was Barack Obama. So I still have my Barack the Vote fundraiser ticket for his failed congressional campaign, which thank God he failed because then he became senator and that the rest is history. <laughs> that but was better, better run. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, and, I, and at the bottom, it says no corporate contributions will be accepted. That is how long ago and far away. Yeah. That was, yeah. Those, that was those the good old days. So, you know. Yeah, I have an auto signed uh, uh, a letter from Clinton. So you know, uh, I, that's his, that's my brush with greatness. That's it. There you go. That's it. Well, hey I guys, thank you so very much for your time. We're we're delighted. It was so much fun. Thank so you. So much fun. Bye bye, I, I'm Fran. Now, now I'm all jacked up and I don't know what to do. Yeah, I know you're gonna have to have some <laughs> scotch, go have man. To blog for half yeah. some scotch. Now, I'm gonna go blog, man. I'm gonna blog the <laughs> hell out of this country. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Long, Thank you. Real Take long. care. Bye-bye. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.